The 11th Papua New Guinean Parliament is due to meet for the first time next week after what many have called the country's worst electoral experience. At the moment, while some seats are still to be declared, the MPs are meeting in camps in Port Moresby, assessing who has the numbers to form a government. And it seems the current Prime Minister, James Marape, believes his Pangu Party has been given a mandate to continue as the government, as our PNG correspondent Scott Wiley tells Don Wiseman. It appears that way that Pangu has the numbers to form government. Now, with PNG politics, it's you know very fluid, even until the 11th hour. So you, you can't really be sure what's going to happen uh, on the floor of parliament. So outside, there may be camps. Inside of parliament, people may move. But from the outset, their numbers look very steady. And there hasn't been news or reports of people moving in between camps as much as the 2017 election. It it will intensify uh, by tomorrow and the day after when people start, you know, the horse trading starts happening. The other new development is that the leader of PNC, Peter O'Neill, has gone to court seeking a Supreme Court reference. And he's asking basically for clarification from the Supreme Court on the dates of the writs and whether it's constitutional and legal to proceed with the, the with the number of seats that are still undeclared. So one of the questions put forward to the Supreme Court is that in the event that some of the electorates aren't declared, I mean, the, the court has to come clear to decide whether this election, uh, the elections in those electorates are failed. Uh, that's one of the questions. And he says, you know, he's it's not a decision that he's taken lightly and he... he he wants this to be clarified and whether James Marape and Pangu actually have the right to go ahead and declare government with those seats still pending. The expectation is that Parliament is going to sit, I think, next Tuesday. Is that right? Yes, yes. The expectations are there. That's why the, the deadline is pretty short, pretty tight. So the Electoral Commission is under pressure, under a lot of pressure, and the Electoral Commissioner will state what will happen over the next two, three days. Now, Peter O'Neill was also in the news during the week because he said his party, the People's National Congress, was more than happy to endorse someone else who was dynamic and able to lead the country, that he was prepared to step aside from the leadership. What did you make of that? There are a few MPs from the last parliament who have expressed that they are unwilling to work with Peter O'Neill. And one of them has been Alan Bird, very prominent uh, governor for East Sepik. And he's expressed that he'd more readily side with James Marape than Peter O'Neill, given his experience in the last parliament. And I I think the O'Neill camp has also taken that into account. That's why this uh, strategy of putting somebody else in front, uh, apart from Peter O'Neill, as a candidate for prime minister, so that they are on equal footing or relatively equal footing when they go into parliament to decide on a candidate for prime minister. A part of Peter O'Neill's argument in the statement he made earlier in the week was that the Marape faction had disqualified itself by the poor quality of the election. There is some merit in that argument, isn't there? Yes, there is some merit in that argument a lot. In fact, I mean, if you if you look at it, the last five years, there's been little done to actually try to fix the electoral system problems that we've been having. And, you know, you'd think five years would be a sufficient time to at least get the ball rolling. It, it I don't think it'll take five years for a reform to happen. But in terms of the actual work being done, 
it, people have dragged their feet in trying to fix the systematic problems that we've had in, in the electoral system. But having said that, as I said previously, Don, it's not just one government's problem. It's it's a whole a set of problems that have existed over 30 years. So while people have attempted to fix it, there hasn't been really that drive and that energy put into trying to fix this whole system. So we've ended up in, in a situation like this that has caused many, many complications leading into the formation of the next government. So here we are at the very last part of this election. There is still violence in some areas. You might have expected that to have stopped by now. Yeah, it, it's it's unfortunate that it's continuing, but it's a, it's a complex society that we live in, you know, trying to manage a country with 800 languages and uh, a security force that is made up of very different ethnicity, bringing all that together into the mix with tribal groups that are very protective of their own and that translates into you know the politics as well and uh, the ethnic dynamics that goes into the formation of government it's a complicated country that we live in i was talking with major general jerry singerock who said and of course he's had a lot to say about gun control in the country for a long time but he says the one single thing that they could do is ban the general public from having or possessing guns do you think that could ever happen uh, again, as I've said over the last 10 years, you know, 10, 15 years, uh, you know, I've, I've known Major General Jerry Singerok for a long time, since Sandline in 97. So we've constantly had this discussion about small arms, uh, proliferation of small arms and weapons ending up in the highlands, how they're coming out of defense force and police armories ending up in the highlands and other parts of Papua New Guinea, not just in the highlands. But getting the political will in parliament to actually get the authorities and the bureaucracy to go out and get the recommendations, implement the recommendations is really, really difficult. And he's been a very frustrated man. You know, I've, I've uh, noticed that over the last five, six years, he's refused to talk to the media. And quite rightly so, because he, he keeps saying the same things over and over and over again, that the gun control recommendations that he put large part of his life into hasn't been actually implemented by successive governments. And again, that always translates into security problems in the elections, in every major event that we, we've we had in the country. Uh, there's always this aspect of security and relating to guns and drugs. And it comes back to the small arms and the rifles and stuff that people illegally import and own.